Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. His promises, as it were, come day by day to us. You know, when His promises come, they bring joy. They do. When God fulfills one of his promises in your life, you step back and there's a dance put in your step. There's a joy put in your heart. There's a song put in your mouth. There's a praise put in your heart. Uh, So it was when Sarah gave birth to Isaac. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and Are you feeling discouraged today? Perhaps your life seems like it's going nowhere and you're just getting older without making any sort of impact. We'll hear in today's teaching that Abraham and Sarah could have felt the same way if not for the promise of God. Pastor Ed points out how God's promises to Abraham and Sarah brought them joy. He teaches how God's promises to us bring about other fruits in addition to that joy. So if you're feeling down, be encouraged that God promises great things for you too. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. When the pilgrims came to America, they saw this as the promised land. Their hopes, their hopes gave birth to a promise which became a nation. And that nation has changed the world forever. When the Israelites found themselves in captivity in Egypt, they looked forward to a promise given to Abraham that they would be delivered. And when the time came for the birth of that promise, Moses, the deliverer, came upon the scene and the Jewish people had their lives changed forever on the day of Pentecost. Disciples waited for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And when it came, the church was born and the world was changed forever. In your life, God has a promise. And when that promise is embraced, your life is never the same. The promise of salvation makes you a different woman, a different man. God gave Abraham a promise. And when that promise was born in the person of Isaac, that household was never the same. I want us to look at the birth of a promise. What are the results? What does it do? How does it change your life? And it does change your life. I believe the birth of a promise will focus your attention on the faithfulness of God. In verses 1 and 2 of Genesis 21, it reads... Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said. 
The Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised. Notice the text. God had promised. God had promised as he had said. Again and again, this passage reiterates that God does what he says. When the birth of the promise comes to pass, you see the faithfulness of God. And your attention is riveted to his faithfulness. In verse 1, take out the name Sarah. Put your name in. Look how it reads. Now the Lord was gracious to grace to Dan, to Sylvia, to John, to Sue, to Frank. The Lord was gracious. Put your name in there. As he had said, the Lord did for you what he had promised. Now, don't put your name in verse 2 unless you want to be pregnant. (laughs) But when God says something, he does it. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. We must remember that God's promises are not like our promises. I could think over the years of promises that were made to me or promises that I made that I wasn't able to keep or that people weren't able to follow through with me. But God is not like that. Remember, God's promises are virtually obligations that impose upon himself. God's promises are virtually obligations that he imposes upon himself. If he makes a promise, you could take it to the bank. You could count on it. What God says, he will do. There are a lot of uncertainties in life. Things change. Our circumstances change. Our health changes. The economy changes. But you can have confidence that God never changes. That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Though everything around you may change, God will not change. And you can count on his faithfulness. We can count on the faithfulness of God. The psalmist sang in Psalm 71... Then I will praise you with music on the harp because you are faithful to your promises, O God. I will sing for you with a lyre, O Holy One of Israel. The psalmist thought back to God's faithfulness to his people over the generations. And he said, God, I will sing to you of your faithfulness. God, you are worthy of our trust Two young girls were talking about the money that they had. One young girl said, I have ten pennies. Her friend said, no, I only see five. Oh, she said, my father promised me tonight he'd give me five more pennies. I have ten pennies. If the father has promised you something, count on it. Believe it. Know that he will not fail. In the early service, one of the women had been out early in the morning walking, and she was praying prior to service. And she asked God, she said, oh God, what are the promises I could count on? And when I began the service, until I ended that service, tears flowed down her eyes, down her cheeks. And she thought, oh God, how wonderful you are just to be able to have the pastor preach 
on what I was asking you about. Well, God does that for us. He tells us over and over and over again that he will keep every one of his good promises because they're all yes in Christ. I think of that hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. I love that hymn. Listen to just a couple of the stanzas. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness. Great is thy faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness. The chorus says, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand had provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Now, I'm not a soloist, as you know. (laughs) But in my soul, I sing, great is thy faithfulness. Many of our hymns were formed Out of deep trials and tribulations and troubles, they came out, as it were, as a song in the night season of people's lives. But this song, no. This hymn, no. Mr. Chisholm, just morning by morning, thought of God's provision in his life. He wrote that hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Can you think of day by day, morning by morning, year by year, and look back on that and not recognize God has been faithful to you all the way through? Yes, God keeps his promise. We could live in the reality of God's promises. If you build your life on his promises, you will not be disappointed. His promises, as it were, come day by day to us. You know, when his promises come, they bring joy. They do. When God fulfills one of his promises in your life, you step back and there's a dance put in your step. There's a joy put in your heart. There's a song put in your mouth. There's a praise put in your heart. Uh, So it was when Sarah gave birth to Isaac. We can rejoice in the faithfulness of God. In Psalm 126, that's what the psalmist does. It's a psalm. When the Jewish people reflected on God's freedom and liberty in their lives, when they reflected how God raised up Cyrus and he freed them from the Babylonian captivity. In Psalm 126, listen to some of the verses. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with joy. Laughter is in the Bible. God laughs. And he doesn't expect you to go around mourning all the time. No, there's a time to mourn, as Solomon tells us. But there's also a time to laugh. And one of the times to laugh is when God does what he says in your life. And God fulfills his promise in your life. And he does. He keeps his word. Now, when Sarah heard 
that she was going to have a child, there was a laugh of disbelief. And God rebuked and corrected her. When Abraham heard, he laughed as well. When the child was born, Sarah laughed in faith. She said, everyone that hears of this will laugh with me. They'll rejoice with me. When God fulfills his promise in your life, when he does what he has said to you, all of a sudden, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. God puts a song in your heart. He puts a joy in your soul as his promises, as it were, come and find fulfillment in your life. Now, you are a promise. You are a possibility. And you were meant to live on the meat, as it were, of his promises. God's joy and laughter is wrapped up in his promises. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 17.22 that a cheerful heart is like medicine. Well, science is catching up with the scriptures. Scientific research has discovered that laughter is beneficial for one's health. It says that laughter strengthens our immune system. Laughter affects our hormones and white cell count. Laughter increases healing and resistance to diseases. Laughter also has been shown to raise our pain tolerance. During the Civil War, that bloody war that ripped our nation apart, Abraham Lincoln had his critics. And among his critics were those who criticized him for his sense of humor. And here was his response. With the fearful strain that is on me, if I did not laugh, I should die. Those who laugh last. I enjoy the presence of God. I note this, though. Those who dwell in the presence of God have joy. They have laughter. We have seen the Spirit of God move over the years, and the Spirit of revival has been in our church. And when those times come, inevitably, those with heavy burdens on them exchange it for the oil of joy and happiness. I've seen people laugh. The joy of the Lord is their strength. Let God give you some laughter. It's a gift from him. You could laugh at your impossibilities knowing that God is greater than those struggles and greater than those trials and greater than those tests, knowing that he is faithful to keep all of his words and his faithfulness to your life will issue in joy unspeakable and full of glory. Chuck Swindoll said, laughter is the most beautiful and beneficial therapy God ever granted humanity. It's a wonderful gift from God. And so when the promise is given and the promise is birthed in your life, whatever that promise may be, you may be waiting on God for the salvation of some loved one. You may trust God for some healing in your life. You may be waiting on God to do something in your life. Whenever that's birthed and realized, it's a reminder to you of his faithfulness, and it comes on the wings of joy. Now, whenever God 
fulfills this promise in our life, gives birth to a promise in our life. You know what it does also? It increases our responsibility to obey. The birth of a promise calls us to deeper obedience. As Abraham walked with God, God required more of him. As God showed himself faithful to Abraham, God was expecting Abraham to mirror that in faithfulness to God. In Genesis 17.1, it reads, When Abraham, or Abram, was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, walk before me blameless. The more we know of God, the more we ought to reflect of God. The more we have seen his faithfulness, the more we ought to exhibit faith in him. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. The songwriter wrote, how true that is. We must trust and obey. And we go on from trusting to obeying and trusting more and obeying more. See, God calls us to ever-increasing faith, to ever-increasing trust. Abraham had to remember some old lessons. You know, To obey the earlier commands of God is something that Abraham had to do. When the son was born, verse 4 of chapter 21 reads, When son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham named him Isaac. God told them years before his name would be Isaac. Abraham obeyed. God said, I'm giving you this covenant that you are to perpetuate in your family. You're to circumcise your household. And he did exactly what God had told him years ago. Go back for a moment into the journal of your life, into your journey with God. What did God teach you years ago about the use of your money? What had he shown you about your devotional life? Years ago, what did God specifically teach you about areas of obedience? Don't forget those lessons because they're vital to your future. They're vital to receiving the promises of God, to walking in faith. Abraham had to look back and remember those earlier commands, those earlier lessons, and he had to practice them. Our life is sustained by obedience. Now, it's not only the lessons in the past that we must recall and remember and practice, but you know that the longer you walk with God, well, obeying him does not become easier. I know you didn't want to hear that, but it's true. Look with me at the text at verses 11 and 12. Now, this is referring to Abraham's son, Ishmael. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your maidservant. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. When Isaac was being weaned, would have been about three years old, Ishmael was looking on, and he began to mock, to ridicule. Sarah, Isaac's mother, noticed it and was enraged. There was friction in that home for years between Sarah and Hagar. And suddenly it broke out, and Sarah, in a burst of anger, said, 
that boy and his mother out of the house. They're gone, Abraham. You know how Abraham felt? Fathers, think for a moment. If all of a sudden, the child that you loved, the child that you held dear, you celebrated his birthdays, you went out with him hunting, you taught him to play, suddenly, you have to push him out of the house. How would any parent feel? A young man has passion. An older man has compassion. The older we grow, the more compassionate generally we become. And there Abraham was attached to his son Ishmael. I think the first temptation that Abraham had was this. In this case, Sarah's losing it. She's angry. Well, the manner in which she counseled her husband was wrong. But what she said was right. God came to Abraham and said, she's right. Ishmael has to go. How difficult that was. For a moment, let's just go behind the curtain. And perhaps God was thinking about some of these things. If Isaac and Ishmael grow up in the same household, Ishmael's unbelief, character, would adversely impact Isaac. And Isaac might not grow up to be the man that God intended him to be. And so that influence would have a negative impact on this future patriarch. Or perhaps, maybe God was thinking about a day when he would give Abraham even a greater challenge. He would say to Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, and offer him up to me on Mount Moriah. And perhaps if Ishmael was still in the home, he would have fell back and thought, well, I still have Ishmael. I don't have to worry about it because at least I have another son. Well, I don't know all of the reasons that God had, but neither do I have to know. Because sometimes God asks you to do things that you don't understand. Sometimes, rationally, they don't make sense to you. Sometimes the question marks loom so big in your mind that if you focus on it, you'll slip into depression. Abraham had come to know God. And he had come to know that when God fulfills his promises in our lives, sometimes those promises carry with them greater responsibility and greater obligation to obey. Abraham obeyed even when it was difficult. And so you may be at some juncture in your life and God is asking you to do something and you just don't understand why and it doesn't make sense. Just obey. The older we get, the more God severs our heart from this world. You know, that's true. It's true. Our culture wants us to constantly look back. An old man needs more than memories of the past. He has to have a dream for the future. And God was giving 
Abraham and Sarah a dream for the future? How do we deal with the things that God asks us to give up? Sometimes it's that last child leaving home. Sometimes it's that loss of physical strength. Our culture would have us live looking back to perpetual youth. We're so glad you joined us again today as Dr. Ed Jones has been taking us through the life of Abraham. Have you found these messages encouraging, challenging, or faith-building? Would you like to share them with your friends? You can find copies of this series and many others from Pastor Ed online at buildinginfaithradio.com. While you're there, click on the Back to Home page link and check out the church behind the ministry of Building in Faith. Faith Assembly is located in Poughkeepsie, New York, and we'd love to see you at one of our weekend services. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. to learn more about what it means to be a Christ follower and to worship God together. This faith setting is a great place to get your questions answered and have deeper discussions in the Word and to build a support network of your brothers and sisters in Christ. You'll be able to find out more about the people and ministries of Faith Assembly by giving us a call at 845-462-5955. We pray continually for our listeners and love it when we get to hear from them. If you ever have any specific requests we can join you in praying for, please don't hesitate to call. Once again, that number is 845-462-5955. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join us again next time as Dr. Ed Jones continues through the life of Abraham, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.